my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, September the 9th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's joy and God's peace today. My friends, thank you for taking time today to listen to perhaps the most beautiful story Jesus ever told. Uh, And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but I am not sure it is. Um, This, my friends, at least for me, is on a very, very short list of readings that, if I had to choose, would would come with me. Um, Long, though, long. So because of that, we are just going to hear the gospel again today. But it is so good. And, uh, and, and here's my challenge to you. Uh, you. You already know what I'm going to say partially. Um, that I, my, my main challenge, though, is I invite you to hear. It's three stories that we're going to hear. Three in one. And you know them well. You could recite them effectively right now. But I invite you not to fall into that place. I invite you to hear them as if for the first time today. So set aside preconceived notions, set aside where you know it's going, listen to it anew. And even before you, you enter into this, that same prayer, Lord, you know, open, my, open me to your word and give me that one word or that one phrase or that one idea that you want me to ponder. One word, one idea, one phrase. Because brothers and sisters, if we don't get one of those out of this gorgeous reading, I, I'm not sure it's the Holy Spirit's fault. That might be some, some walls that you and I are putting up. So let's dive into the scripture. It is Luke chapter 15, oh, verses 1 to 32. Now this weekend, you may hear a shortened version, which is only Luke 15, 1 to 10. Gorgeous stories. It's the first two. But the third one, of course, is the coup de grace. I mean, it's just so wonderful. And, uh, and we only get to hear it about once every three years. So we must hear it now. So my friends, let's break open God's word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What one among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until they find it? And when they do find it, They set it on their shoulders with great joy, and upon their arrival home, they call together their friends and neighbors and say to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Story number one. Now story number two. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? 
And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And now for story number three. Then he said, A man had two sons. And the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat, but here, I, here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. 
Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, right? Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, before we dive in, a word, a phrase, a sentence, an idea. Do you have it? Do you have it? Now you hold on to that, okay? I'm going to do some talking now, but do not lose that, because that is what I want you to ponder and to hold on to and to and to look at from every angle and to just chew on that. Because that is where God is going to meet you today and tomorrow and this weekend and, and moving forward, okay? So let me start. Let me start with this. I was driving home tonight. And um, the uh, normal way that I drive to and from work, about a 20-minute drive, uh, normal way is uh, under uh, construction. Well, there's a surprise, right? And, uh, and so I have to take a detour. And it takes me a little bit longer route, but it takes me on some roads that I wouldn't normally go on. And I was driving home tonight, and there is a house. And it has a big sign in their yard. And, and it's not, I mean, goodness sakes, we all go by signs in yards these days, right? How many political signs do we see? This wasn't one of those. This was a hand-painted sign. And it has a lot of words on it, and I couldn't see, you know, what all those words said. But two of the lines were written quite largely, and I could see it. And the first one said, um, equality for all. And I thought, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't think there's any of us, right, that would disagree or argue with that. Equality for all. And then it had a couple of small lines, and then it had another big line that said, no separate treatment, equality for all, no, it might not have been separate, no special treatment, that's what it said, equality for all, no special treatment. Brothers and sisters, I think if we are going to take Scripture seriously, and I hope we do, right? That first line, I think we must embrace and dive into and, and take as a foundation of what it means to be a child of God, right? Because every one of us, from the ones we love to the ones we loathe, every one of us, is created in the image and likeness of God. Every one of us, by God's grace, carries the spark of God within us, that spark of life, that spirit, whatever we want to call it. Every one of us carries the dignity of God within us. And every one of us, must uh, we must look at through that lens that says this, I mean, if they are precious in the eyes of God, and they are. 
then they must be precious in our own eyes. Whoever they are, brothers and sisters, right? Because we all divide the world up into us and them. Whoever they are, we, we, equality for all, it, 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 it breaks down that barrier of us and them. It is all a we because we are in equal measure. And I love, love, love how Jesus spins this out. He, he lives it and then he talks it, you know? And his living, of course, comes first. And everybody gets mad at him. First line of the gospel, right? Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, I mean, brothers and sisters, you and I both know this. Jesus was, uh, he was an equal opportunity uh, dinner eater, if I can use such a phrase. He did not say, I'm just going to eat with sinners. Because you know what? The next night, you know who he ate with? He was in the house of Simon the Pharisee or some other one. Jesus was equal opportunity. And that bothered probably both groups. Only these people mentioned it first. They unfortunately got to be in one of the, the greatest gospels ever, ever known, and they looked like fools. So what does that mean, Joe? What, am I, what, am I, what are you getting at? Here's what I'm getting at. Because what that meant is if you supped with someone, if you ate with them, it, it, it declared publicly a relationship, a kinship, a friendship that was present, an equality inequality around that table. We call that, you know, open table fellowship, right? There is an equality around that. Jesus was saying, I am equal with you and you are equal with me, meaning you, uh, sinners and, and, fair, and, and uh, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus had no problem declaring their equality, if I can use that word off that sign, with him. But the problem was, then the next night he'd go to the house of the Pharisees, right? Say, Simon the Pharisee, and he's there. And he's declaring himself equal with them or them with him. But, you know, by what is that, the associative property? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it to, to math, you know, our math skills. Murph, if you're out there, you know, you can call me to the carpet on this one. If A equals B and B equals C, A equals C, right? Right? We all know that. And so if... By virtue of Jesus being B here in this equation, if A equals B, the sinners and, and B are, are equal, and B equals C, that the, the Pharisees and Jesus are equal, that means the sinners and the Pharisees are equal. And they didn't like that. And again, maybe the sinners didn't like that either. They weren't, they weren't you know, without blame probably in this too. Because they're all sinners, right? I mean, it's just... You know, whatever. It, that's the word that the, the gospel uses. Equality for all. Jesus is living that, and they don't like it. But no special treatment. Brothers and sisters, if, if, you're, if you're holding that and you say, yeah, that's a great thing too, boy, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to struggle with that. Because I don't think if, if we're going to look through the lens of the gospel, and that's got to be the only lens. We do not, uh, uh, forgive me, I've said this before, we do not look through the lens of Democrat or Republican or whatever political party of which we're a part. If we are, are Catholic Christians, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we look through the lens of the gospel. 
We must. And if we are looking through the lens of the gospel, I don't see any. I, I think we have to throw this gospel out if we buy that that theory of no special treatment. Why? Because there's special treatment going on right here. And not only does the gospel talk about it, it celebrates it. It rejoices in it. And it invites us to do the same. A man had a hundred sheep and one of them went missing and left the 99. I don't know what kind of a shepherd would do that. But you know what? All sheep are equal. And so we're not going to have any special treatment. But you know what? That one, that one, it needs the special treatment right now. Why? Because it's lost. Because it's lost. It's like saying there are 100 houses and that one's on fire. Well, I'm, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give water to that one. Because you know what? All houses are equal and there's no special treatment in them. You know what? All houses are equal. We praise and thank God for that. But you know what? That one right now is burning and it needs our attention. There were a hundred sheep and all of them are equal and loved in the eyes of God. But sometimes they're burning or they're lost or they forget who they are or they're misplaced. And we must, we must at that point give them special attention or reach out to them. And what happens when we do, when we help remind them who they are, when we find them, all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven. Or a woman loses a coin and will search everywhere for it. Why? All coins are equal. They are. Assuming they're the same, you know, <laughs> value. You know, they're all quarters, okay? <laughs> Bad analogy all of a sudden. Um, but at that point, at that point in its lostness, is that a word? In its lostness, it needs attention. It needs our focus. It needs our energy. My friends, any one of you who are parents know what I'm saying. Any one of you. Every one of your children is equal. Every one of your children is loved. Every one of your children deserves an, a, a, your, your, your attention. But that is not equal at all times, right? That Sometimes children deserve or need special attention more than others. My goodness, my friends, my last two kids, mine, our, Renee and I, thanks be to Jesus, uh, are twins. And my gosh, if there was one word that they loved more than any other word in the English language, it was fair. That's not fair. Everything had to be fair. If it was given to one, it had to be given to both. You know, and I think that's something in our human nature. Everything's got to be fair, but everything's not fair all the time, right? I mean, we know that. Nor is it meant to be. Because there's a larger picture. There's a time when, when someone needed love or attention more than the other. You know what I'm saying. My gosh, my friends, I've just spent the last, I don't even know how much time, 10 minutes talking about this gospel. I haven't even gone to the, to the prodigal son. And, and there's so much that can be talked about within that. I'm not going to do it because it deserves its own podcast, which all on its own. But I will simply say this. 
um, the son who was lost and was found and had the fattened calf, you know, um, uh, killed for him and, and the finest robe and, and put sandals on fe- and his feet and rings on his finger. You know, the older brother, the older brother had every right to come back here and be angry. And he sounds like one of my twins. This isn't fair, dad. This isn't fair. And you know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It was not fair. But brothers and sisters, at that moment, at that moment, that son who was lost and had forgotten who he was, right? He's the one, the son who said, I no longer am worthy to be called your son. Treat me as a hired worker. That's the level I am. I've lost my sonship. And the the father doesn't even hear the excuse, but he goes right to the important point, which says, Kill the fan calf, bring the, the, the robe, the sandals, all that stuff. Why? Because my son, I'm going to name you again. I'm going to name you. Don't you dare forget who you are. My son was lost and now has been found. He was dead and is now alive. Right? He names him again and he reminds him, this is who you are. He needed that attention in order to remember his sonship. But you know what the beauty here is? And it's so subtle in this story. So the father goes out to two sons, right? He runs to the one and embraces him and invites him into the party, the lost son. And the son comes. And he goes out to the second, to the older son, who has a legitimate gripe because it isn't fair. But he goes out and he says to him, he names He names it for the second son, too, the older one, and says, My son, you are with me always, and everything I have is yours, but we must rejoice. Now, this is the brother, by the way, who said, who was angry, and in his anger said, Your, your son, not my brother, went about and did all this. He said, You know, I don't know how you're doing what you're doing, but your kid, your kid, went off and did this life of dissipation and ill repute and and and, and for him, for your kid, you're gonna you're gonna have this this abundance, this celebration. But the father then looks at him and says, here's where you're lacking and here's where I need to give you attention. Your my son, first of all he reminds him who he is. My son, I am with you always, but your brother your brother, let me name him for you now, your brother was lost and is now found. Because remember, that's true too. Brothers and sisters, again, there's so much more here, but in the interest of not like, you know, having to be in a car for two hours and listen just to one podcast, um, what, what these stories tell us is God's love is particular. It isn't just global, that God loves us all. Isn't that wonderful? Let's just, you know, rejoice that God loves us all. He does love us all. But you know what? He loves you specifically. Today. And he sees you. Are you feeling lost today? He sees you there. But brothers and sisters, this isn't just a gospel that is about us as individual people who get lost, although it is. It is that. It is also about those communities 
those peoples who are, are feeling lost and feeling fringe and feeling not seen and not heard. Brothers and sisters, there are times when these communities and these people on the fringes must be treated with not only equality, but with special treatment because that community may not be being heard by whatever majority it is and wherever we're talking about. Because that's the nature of human beings. We often don't see the people lying on our door, like the man who sumptuous, who, 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 who ate on sumptuous foods and, and rich wines and didn't even see the poor man at his doorstep. Brothers and sisters, this is a gospel of particularity. Our God doesn't just love us in general. He loves us specifically. And he loves our, our, who we associate with in, in that same specialty. And he sees us there. And he doesn't just love us conditionally. He loves us in our uh, separation, in our lostness again. I'm going to use that word all the time until it becomes a dictionary word, uh, a word in the dictionary. How about we say it that way? Um, he loves us there. He, and, and, and in loving us, invites us back into that place of community and, and not being separate and not being lost anymore. And it is a God who loves to celebrate. Brothers and sisters, if we are going to be followers of Jesus Christ, we must, must be willing to celebrate because Jesus sure did. You know, last thing I'll say, I was pondering because I ponder the rosary sometimes. And I'm on Luminous Mysteries these last month or two. And I was pondering uh, the first Luminous Mystery, the baptism of Jesus. You know, Jesus, it was a baptism of, of repentance, right, that John the Baptist was giving. Jesus didn't need to be a part of that. What did he have to repent of? But from the very inception of his ministry, Jesus was not afraid to associate himself with those on the fringes. May we have the same courage to not be afraid to associate with those on the fringes, to go out after those who are feeling lost, who are not feeling heard, who are not feeling seen, who are not feeling loved, who do not feel the dignity. Equality for all, yes, yes, we are called to do that. But brothers and sisters, there is always a time when some deserve and need that special treatment because they are not feeling seen and heard. They need to feel loved in that place of lostness. And you and I get to be the hands and feet of that. And praise be God, they get to be the hands and feet of that for us when we're feeling that same way. Bless you for listening, and let's take it to prayer. So we begin as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third luminous mystery, the proclamation of the gospel. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, I hit the 30-minute mark. Oh, God love you all. Bless you. Thanks for listening. Have the best day, the best of weekends. Be well, and God's peace.